0: Hello everyone this is Cynthia Smalls we're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to never give up on him. Listen, he died for us. He took on the punishment that was rightly due to us because we didn't know how to stop sinning against a holy God. And so the Lord sent Jesus to this world to die for the sins of the people. Someone had to pay the price for sin. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. Jesus, glory be to God, was the only man alive that was sinless and perfect. His righteous blood was the only blood that could take away the sins of the world. And so when he died on the cross, when his blood was shed, It was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven. And through his shed blood, remission, forgiveness of sins is now available to those who believe that. Believe what? Believe that Jesus died for your sins. That he took on a punishment that was rightly due to you and so that brings us to today's lesson about repentance versus forgiveness the question on the floor is do we ask for forgiveness or is repentance enough is it the same thing well let's talk about that today But before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we want you and we love you. Father, as we look around this world today, it is in trouble. The nations don't want Jesus. They blaspheme your word. They don't believe nothing about what you have to say about sin and that we need to repent and that we need to come to Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And Father, this world is in big trouble. They are arrogant and prideful and boastful to think that they are good that they don't have to repent and that they don't need your forgiveness. But Father, woe to them. Father, for those of us who got the memo, we repent of our sins. We're not going back to the vomit. We saw how our lives were then. They were empty, callous, and wretched. Wretched. Glory be to your name, Father. Thank you for saving us. And so, Father, with today's lesson, I ask for wisdom and clarity of mind. May the Holy Spirit open up my mind to remember those things that Jesus taught. And as he teach me, because I'm forever learning, may I speak to your people would you want them to know where repentance and forgiveness is concerned and father i love you and your commands are not burdensome to me in jesus name i pray amen okay people so the question on the floor today is repent or ask forgiveness is it the same thing So, let's see. Is there anywhere in the Bible where we are told to ask God for forgiveness? Does God require a request for forgiveness or does He require repentance? I submit another question. If it is repentance, then when was the church ever given the authority to replace repentance with requesting forgiveness? That's something to think about, right? So let us dig in. And I believe the confusion where this may stem from, right, Holy Spirit? (laughs) Because we know... Wherever there is confusion, we know that the enemy is behind it. Because you see, he is heading up that false apostate church. And he has his ministers that are masquerading as angels of light. They calling themselves apostles and pastors and Dr. Reverend minister and all of this foolishness. There is a lot of false doctrine and false teachings that are coming down the pike. And just like we thought God actually said that he hates the sin, but loves the sinner. And we were taught that we need to ask God for forgiveness when we come to Christ so where did we get all of this misinformation quotes that God did not say? We got it from the false teachers, those false leaders in those apostate churches. And the Bible tells us all about them in second Peter chapter 2, they come up with these destructive, heresies. Right, Holy Spirit? Thank you. They come up with these clever lies, these sinner prayers that you need to ask God for forgiveness and that for Jesus to come into your heart. None of that is scriptural. It is unbiblical. And God did not tell us that that is the order for us to come to Christ. So, like I said, the question on the floor is repent or ask for forgiveness. Is it the same thing? Now, we see over here in Ezekiel 18:30 it says talking about talking about repent. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all of your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Amen. And so that is what we got to look at today. Because you see, The father does not want us to die in our sins. It is his will that all men come to repentance. The Hebrew word for repent is pronounced shub. It means to turn away. And so that's the point. Our Heavenly Father wants us to turn away from sin. Sin breaks our fellowship with Him. When we are stuck in our sins, we transgress God's command to live godly, holy, and righteous lives. He said that he did not create hell for man, but for Satan and his demons. But the Bible tells us because Jesus preached on hell more than he did heaven. And the Bible talks about that hell is enlarging herself every day. And so if we look at the Hebrew word for repent, it means to turn away. Now, the Greek word for repent is metanoeo, and that is spelled M-E-T-A-N-O-E-O, and then it has that dash over the last uh, letter of O. It means to think differently, to reconsider, to morally feel compunction. And if we look at compunction, that means a pricking of heart. That means grief or remorse, where you feel it in your soul proceeding from a consciousness of guilt, the pain of sorrow, or regret, or having, no, for having offended God and incurred his wrath. It means the sting of conscience proceeding from a conviction of having violated a moral duty. And that is what we feel, those of us who are true, new covenant, blood-bought, born-again believers in Christ Jesus, that if we do fall for a temptation, right, Holy Spirit, because we strive not to sin, we don't make it no longer anymore a habit to sin. The fact that we are still in this flesh body where we are always contending with that old man who won't get the memo to lay down and stay down, we don't give provisions to this flesh However, we are at different stages in our sanctification problem, uh, in our sanctification process, and some people still have problem areas where that sin for them, they still struggling with it. But glory be to God, the Holy Spirit. Is working with them to lay it down finally, but if we do miss the mark, we feel horrible behind it. We feel this godly sorrow. We can't think until we make it make it right back with the Father that we come crying to the Father. Eyes, tearing, nose, snotting, whatever, whatever it takes to express just how wrong you are and just how sorrowful that, that you did not please the father, that you did not resist and that you had this lapse of judgment and you would feel that compunction to want to repent as opposed to, you know, just thinking that, well, since all of my past, present, and future sins have been forgiven because that's what the wolf in sheep clothing preach every week as he go for your money bag. And so there is no real fear of the Lord. And so you won't ever feel that compunction to want to repent. Oh, you may be sorry, but then next week you're back at it again. So listen. Jesus said in Luke 24, 46 to 47, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Because you see, remission is the Greek word. Can't pronounce it, but it means freedom. It means figuratively pardon, deliverance, forgiveness. We don't pardon ourselves. God pardons or forgive us. By God's law, there is no remission there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood therefore without repentance which we know means compunction for our sins committed against god and believing that jesus christ is god's only begotten son who came to redeem us through his death on the cross and resurrection, we will not receive remission of our sins. Amen. And so we see that repentance is much deeper than a superficial, I'm sorry, or a spur of the moment forgive me it does not matter how many times we say forgive me lord listen without true without true repentance a change of heart a true turning away from sin we are just beating our gums friends repent and believe is the order god has set let me say it again repent and believe is the order god has set do we see anything in that where god says well i'm gonna need for you to first ask for forgiveness no Absolutely not. So that is why I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your teaching versus man teaching on forgiveness. Because you see, the fake phony pastor, he wants us to always ask God for forgiveness. But forgiveness was done at the cross. So, we see in First John one nine, it says for us to confess. It doesn't say to ask for forgiveness. And you see, this is why we really have to stay in the Word of God, so that when false teachings come down the pike, we already have the understanding through the Holy Spirit, what that verse actually means. Amen. And so when we reduce this to a simple act of just ask God into your heart or just ask God to forgive you, listen, without stressing the importance and requirement of heartfelt Repentance, compulsion for sins committed against God. Listen, we are going to have a lot of sinners walking away from church altars unchanged. We send them away from baptismals as wet sinners. Worse yet, we erase the need to repent and truly believe in Christ's work thus sending them away quote-unquote thinking themselves right with God because the preacher said so when in all actuality the Lord still awaits their repentance with a heart truly with a heart truly turned and devotion to him because that was the problem I was having in my walk with Christ up until the point that I got the memo through a ministry that taught on repentance they didn't have a secret agenda to come after my money they didn't have a secret agenda to heap upon themselves worship and adoration from the crowd no it's just simply cracking open the bible and let God speaks his word and not have it misinterpret and not having it twisted into a pretzel, but actually reading and understanding via the Holy Spirit what the scripture is telling us. And so you see, a testimony or a sermon may scare you, but Did it scare you to repentance? Because if you sit up under the Joe Osteens of the world, just to use him as a prime example of preachers with their smooth talk and with their candy-coated messages that they don't want to offend you, they just want to let you know that God wants you to be rich that he wants you to be healthy. He don't even want you to have a hangnail. He don't want you to have any problems in your life. And he wants to show you how you can get rid of blessing blockers in your life and that you can take this sermon and apply it to your life. So These preachers, with all of these fine speeches and smooth, buttery words, they do that so that you can be comfortable week after week as you cough up your money thinking that this money is going to God, but they're not preaching on repentance. They're not preaching on the fear of the Lord. And they're not preaching on, if you don't stop it, you're going to hell. And that's the bottom line. So did that testimony of a sermon scare you enough to repentance? Now, now, did you hear a word and were made sorry? But are you sorry to repentance? Because you see, that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom line of it all. All of these messages that we sitting up under these false teachers Are they really moving you to repentance? Because I know when I was sitting up under that prosperity, damnable gospel, that word of faith, new age, hot mess of a mega church, absolutely not did any of those sermons move me to repentance. As a matter of fact... Come to find out that I was wrong about repentance because of the the teachings that they did not give to us correctly, I thought simply that repentance was just, you know, saying that you're sorry for sin and that you won't do it again. It was never taught about it being a turning away and staying away where The mindset has now cemented in the commitment that I'm not going back to sin. I'm going to obey God henceforth and move in that direction where now I do a complete 180 degree turn back to God. They did not teach it like that. Otherwise, I would have gravitated to it like I gravitated to it now. And that's the problem. And that's the problem when the church don't want to hear sound doctrine. And that is why Jesus told the Apostle Paul, and when he was in his letters to Timothy, about how a time is going to come, and we are in that time, right, Holy Spirit? Thank you that we are in the time now that people have turned away from sound doctrine. Listen, I see it all the time over there on Facebook, aka The Lion's Den, where the Lord is having me post it up for a season over there in the quote-unquote Christian community over there on Facebook, and you can see firsthand there is a lot of traditions of men that these people are still steeped and stuck in, a lot of false doctrines that the kicking and the screaming whenever you bring light to it, And when I post up, like the Bible tells us over there in Romans 16, verses 17 to 18, to mark and avoid those false teachers and and, uh, prophets who causes divisions and offenses that are contrary to the sound doctrine that we have been taught. And that's the problem. Is it really being taught anywhere? You will be hard-pressed to really find a church that is actually, actually Christ-centered, where they're talking on the shed blood of Jesus, where they're talking about his death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel. Of Jesus Christ, and that how thank you, Holy Spirit, that God has made a way for us to be reconciled back to Him, and that is only through the Lord Jesus Christ sacrifice on our behalf in that gospel, that Jesus died, and that he was buried and after three days, he rose up out of the grave. Jesus beat death by staying alive. He abolished the power, the grip that sin had over us by living the only one, a perfect, sinless life as a man on this earth because listen don't get it twisted jesus was fully man when he walked on this earth he was a baby he was a child he was a teenager and he was a grown fully man that means that he went through the stages thank you holy spirit he went through the biological stage of a human being to grow Listen, Jesus ate, he wept, he laughed, he slept, he drank water, went to the bathroom, everything he bathed, his fingernails grew, his toenails grew, he grew a beard, he went through puberty, okay, because obviously he didn't have the beard as a baby, Yes, he is God, fully God. Amen. He laid aside his Godhead when he walked on this earth, but don't be mis don't be mistaken. We saw his divine nature and action. How, by healing the lame, opening the eyes of the blind, unstopping the ears of the deaf. Brought Lazarus back to life, fed multitudes after multitudes. So we know, we know that what he did was operating in his divinity. Glory be to God in his deity. That's the church. That's the church that we need to be sitting up under who teaches all of that. It is sad that in the 21st century, we have moved so far from the gospel, we don't even know the gospel, the true gospel, when we when we hear it. Because I can only speak from a testimony of what I've gone through. And if I've gone through it, this is similar among everyone else, too. When you're sitting up under the false church, you know what I believe, what the gospel was? Like I had this vague understanding. Okay, I knew it had something to do with Jesus dying on the cross and that he resurrected and that we can have forgiveness of sin, but it's hard to stop sinning. But I know that, I do have forgiveness and it was all of this vagueness and all of this uncertainty and that I didn't have all the pieces to the puzzle, how the gospel really works in your life and what what did it mean when his blood was shed? What happened with that? Like, what took place behind the scenes in heaven with the blood being shed? And is God still mad at us? I, I didn't know anything too much about the wrath of God. I know that sinners do go to hell, and like how all of that played into it? I had no clue that how reckless I was by sinning against God I didn't have all that understanding why when I'm sitting up under this church for what since 2002 up until what really good let's say uh 2017 18 well when I started to feel some little shakiness going on with this ministry and then by 2019 oh I'm finito kid with that church. Amen. Glory be to God. So these are the teachings that we need to know about where repentance and forgiveness is concerned. And so look, like I said, remission. Okay. The Greek word for remission it means freedom. It means pardon. And it means deliverance. And we see that repentance goes much deeper than just saying, I'm sorry, or just saying, you know, forgive me. Because when we reduce that to such a simple act, it, it takes away from us Having that right fellowship with God, because like I said, it will just send sinners away from the altar unchanged and still stuck in their sins. And so that's why I was asking the question, that sermon that you heard, did it really make you repent? Did it move you to repentance? Did it turn? Did you turn away from your wicked ways? Because listen, we can be sorry for a lot of things. Like, sorry we got caught. Sorry that, you know, my spouse found out that I cheated. You know, um, I'm sorry that I got caught from stealing money on the job. But did it really turn you away from your wicked ways? Because listen, and this is the memo we all got to get or we be to God. A, a heavy price was paid for us to receive God's remission, a.k.a. his forgiveness of our sins. Do we believe it? We say yes. And that is why we must repent and believe, and this is why, glory be to God, that this podcast name is Repent and Believe. Listen, once I truly understood that God hates sin, okay, and once I understood that, that made that made me hate sin as well. Because you see, you have to have this demarcation line drawn in the sand where your life is concerned. If you are serious about your walk with Christ, you need to have the OU. Versus the new you. And it should be clear to everybody that that old you no longer exists. But that the new you in Christ Jesus, where your life now is keeping and producing repentance. Your life should be in keeping with repentance. Amen. Because listen. If we water it down, if we take the meat out of it, then woe unto us. Because that is not what the Lord told us to do. God did not tell us to merely ask him for forgiveness. He tells us to repent and repent we must. He tells us to believe in Jesus Christ, his son, who died for our sins and was raised from the dead and believe we must. Let me say that again. God did not tell us to merely ask him for forgiveness. He tells us to repent and repent we must. He tells us to believe in Jesus Christ, his son, who died for our sins and was raised from the dead, where he is alive this day, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, that highly exalted position. And from there, the book of Hebrews tells us that from there he awaits to make his enemies his footstool he awaits for his enemies to humble themselves amen and believe we must we do what is required of us and that is to repent and believe and we can trust that god will do his part and forgive so in closing let us look at first john 1 9 if we confess our sins the bible says if we confess our sins it does not say for us to ask for forgiveness there is no scripture in the Bible that tells us that we must ask for forgiveness. Listen, forgiveness, right, Holy Spirit? Forgiveness is available to whosoever, the Bible says in, in John 3, 16, whosoever believe. That Jesus is the only begotten Son of God and that He died for our sins and that His blood was shed on the cross for the remission, the forgiveness of our sins so that we do not go to hell. That is what we are to believe and nowhere does it say that we are to ask for for forgiveness. Scripture tells us how our sins are forgiven. If we confess them, that's the part. Out of the confession, or, sh- or should I say, in that confession is forgiveness. You feel this compunction, You feel this guilt consciousness that you sinned against Holy God, and you hate that. Just like King David over there in Psalms 51, I advise all of us to read Psalms 51. If you want to know how to repent, oh, King David mastered in my opinion, right Holy Spirit, the art of repentance. Oh, David laid it down on the line. He was so remorseful of cheating and having that affair with Bathsheba, having her husband killed on the front lines of battle, and battle, and when the prophet Nathan came to him with the judgment from God about that whole debacle oh David prostrated himself before the Lord seeking forgiveness and so you want to hear a confession out of the cry of repentance yeah Psalms 51 yeah it would do us all well To heavenly, heavenly meditate on Psalm 51. And so if we confess our sins, here's God's part. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So... We answer the question, do we repent or do we ask for forgiveness? And we see, according to the scripture, that we are to confess our sins and God will forgive us. When we come in true contrition, true repentance, godly sorrow, and confess once we confess that and once He forgives us, that don't mean that we now go on and sin again and just keep on sinning, knowing that God is righteous and that He is just and that He will forgive us because then that just opens the door to ha- taking His grace as a license for sin. No, listen. God, do not play when it comes to the shed blood of Jesus. We see over there in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, where it talks about that we are not to trample over God's son and to treat his shed blood as if it was common. We don't do that. Not only that, but we do not insult the Holy Spirit. We do not grieve the Holy Spirit because it tells us it is a dreadful thing. It is a fearful thing, a frightening thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. Amen. Okay. I think enough has been said, so I'm going to leave you all with that. Repent and believe that Jesus died for your sins. We need to turn from our sins, don't go back to it, have the mindset that God hates evil, therefore you hate evil, that God is holy, therefore you be holy, and you turn to God in obedience to His word, and henceforth go in that direction, don't go backwards. Go forward and finish the race that he called you to do. Amen? Amen. All right, people, repent and believe and turn back to God. And Lord willing, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.